This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Multinational corporation takes on shake-owned entity in a game that has truly become a symbolic love story for modern football as Manchester City travel to Germany to face RB Leipzig for the third year in a row in the Champions League. I'm your host, Ollie McCall. And I'm Alex Brotherton. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, Champions of Europe. Manchester City are kings of Europe. Now they have their triple crown. So welcome to the Wednesday preview show, uh, ahead of City's return to Champions League action. Uh, how are we doing, Alex? How has your week been so far? Uh, yeah, not bad, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's uh, just been a bit grim here, to be honest. Like um, <laughs> Just constant yeah. rain, which, um, you know, should probably, having lived in Manchester all my life, should probably expect it, but... You know, when you promise nice weather and then uh, you get something else, it's um, it's still hard to take. But yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yeah, woke up to blue skies this morning and then about 10 minutes before we went on to this, there was a massive rainstorm. So I was like, oh, please don't continue to start the podcast. But it has held up. But I mean, that's just living in the north, isn't it? We can't all be like Amos Murphy and jet off to Berlin for three days. So, um, but we'll get straight into it. Um, see, come into this on strange form for the first time this season obviously the caveat of no Rodri in the last two games but two losses in two games Newcastle in the Carabao Cup um, then Wolves in the Premier League at the weekend and City are going to be desperate to not make it a third here uh, especially after needing a second half comeback against Red Star in their opening game in the Champions League um, generally speaking where do you think City stand coming into this one? I mean yeah as you say it's um it's kind of a weird one, really, because there's so, so much negativity. I think, well, I think after the Newcastle game, people, a lot of fans, were kind of like, "Well, yes, this is our competition, but you know, it is now that we've won a treble, and it's in the grand scheme of things, it's the least important." And the caveats of the injuries and the Rodri suspension, 
people weren't overly bothered and then wolves happened and there was seemed to be quite at least on on sort of twitter circles anyway there was quite a lot of um more sort of un, unrest about that um and yeah it was a poor, poor performance um there's a lot of things that city need to work on but in the sort of when you look at past sort of in, even in the last few years when city have been so incredibly good um they just not really started seasons that strongly you know to be six games into the premier league season having won five um and lost one it's kind of almost above par for the course at this stage of the season which sounds a bit mad because you know the last few seasons city have always tended to lose one or two in the first sort of couple of months so yeah grand scheme of things it's not going too badly really is it top of the premier league still um but yeah it's obviously it wasn't a good performance against wolves there's probably still concerns. I know um, we'll probably get onto this, but I know on Tuesday, John Stones and Bernardo were back in training, I believe, which is obviously great news. I think they've been really big misses, perhaps not as much as Rodri, but you know, if one of those two gets to play some part against Leipzig, I think um, we'll be looking at an improved performance, uh, certainly. But yeah, it's a big game, one City will want to win, you know, if they're going to try and top the group again. And as we know, Leipzig are a good team. Um, obviously one of the results last season I think was a perhaps flattered City a little bit but um, yeah it's it's going to be an interesting game and, and not an easy one at all Yeah and I mean it feels like the effects of an injury crisis or an availability crisis considering Rodri as well have been there for all to see with these last couple of games um, Guardiola said in his press conferences the basis of what we did last season was Stones, Rodri, Bernardo, De Bruyne, Gundogan and Grealish and none of them started against Wolves so it's kind of pretty obvious that there's going to be some issues there. Um, the one kind of thread I've touched in it a couple of times this season is a kind of keep it, uh, keeping an eye on things with him but Haaland he doesn't seem to be firing exactly at the same sort of rate, but then you then you look at his goal record and I think it's what, eight in six, eight in seven or something games this season. Um, for you, is there, is there any long, well, not long term, but kind of concern about Haaland at the moment, or is it more base, or is it more on the teams we're playing, or you know, problems behind him? Do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's any long term concerns. I mean. I mean, I saw, I th- you you might have already, but you've probably seen this yourself, but there was just an absolute ridiculous tweet from, I think Amos might have put it in the in the WhatsApp group uh, for the podcast. And it was one of those City, city accounts with a player as the as a display picture or something like that. And and it was just that, trying to say that Haaland was the sort of the biggest uh, kind of stat padder ever or something, because... This season so far, he's kind of had a few games where he's not been in his best. He's been quiet, but then he's like sort of bunched his goals together. And yeah, and it's just, yes, he's not been at his sort of just incredible, absolute like top best that we saw last season and breaking all the goal records and and whatnot. But, you know, I think it's more, there's been, there's been a few games um you know, where he's missed a few chances. I think that Burn match at, at Turf Moor against Burnley was one on the opening day. He, he missed a few. He still scored, obviously, but... Um, and there's another game at home. I can't remember, quite remember who it was against, but, you know, I wouldn't even say that's a confidence thing. It's just it always does happen. It happens to the best strikers. They'll just have patches where maybe they have games where they just uh, just don't get the rub of the green um, for whatever reason that is. And then I think we've seen games like against Wolves um, at the weekend 
where it's perhaps a bit more of a systemic issue. Um, City didn't really create too many clear chances at all. Um, and it wasn't, you know, Harlem was completely sort of occupied the whole game by the Wolves' defence. And um, I wouldn't say it was, you know, down to him not doing any, doing what his job properly. It's just, you know, one of those things. It's a reality of with such a dangerous striker, teams are going to double up. Um, they're going to get really tight. He'll have games where he barely touches the ball because he just can't get the space. Uh, and then it's up for City's sort of creators to be a bit more imaginative, you know, be absolutely spot on with those passes so that when he gets like that little sliver of of light between defenders, the pass is straight to him, not um, not into an area where he can be easily dispossessed. So City struggle to create, they struggle to deal with the Wolves, uh, the Wolves press um, at Molyneux. You know, they were really good Wolves at shutting off City's passing, passing lanes and uh, how they were trying to create chances. So, I'd say it was more of a, a kind of a tactical system thing than, you know, oh, Haaland's not scored, so he's just been really bad. Um, he didn't have a good game, but I wouldn't say it's just, you know... You know, if he'd missed, like, three open goals or something, then we'd be having a completely different conversation. But I don't I don't think it's a long-term issue. You know, this he's still only 23. I get confused. He shouldn't be that old. But uh, he shouldn't be that young, sorry, how many goals he's scoring. But um, he's he's been scoring goals ever since he sort of came on the, the sort of the elite European football scene with with well Salzburg in the Champions League and then Dortmund. So, you know, I, I don't think we're in we're any danger of him just sort of dropping off the face of the earth or anything. Yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting with him. I think he, he kind of is a victim of his own success really because we look at his amazing goal record and we look at, you know, what was it, fifty two goals last season for City. And I think everyone now kind of expects, okay, you've got to go and, you know, you've got 36 in the league last year. You have to be, it's, you know, pretty much a goal in every game he played, I think, roughly. I think it's 36 and 34, something like that in the end. So when you're putting up numbers like that, people are going to continue to expect that from you. Um, so I, I think he has become a little bit of a victim. And as well, the, the City side is changing. And that's obviously, obviously something... Uh, we need to be aware of with Haaland how we create our chances. You know, some days it is going to be on the players behind him to step up and get him create better chances for him. Sometimes it's going to be on his finishing. Uh, but those are just various little. It, it, it always feels like you're nitpicking with Haaland. I think that's always the thing. I always feel like I'm just nitpicking a little bit too much. Uh, but the one, one couple of the talking points before we get into the main bulk of this episode: third of four away games in a row for City before the international break. Um, you know, we've heard Pep talk already this season about problems with travelling and, you know, not, either not being able to fly to certain places. Uh, even for this game, they're flying out much later than they expected. The press conferences were done virtually uh, from Manchester as they couldn't get out to Germany in time uh, when all the journalists and, all, and a hell of a lot of fans had already arrived. Do you think that kind of affects the team? And, you know, because obviously they, they can't change the schedule. But Pep has always been, you know, someone who's been very strong on. You've got to protect the players. You've got to look after the players. Going from, you know, a, a, road, ga- a road game on a Saturday straight into flying on a Tuesday. How how do we see that city? Does, does, it, does it affect them knowing that they've got knowing that they've got a flyback from Germany and then go straight to Arsenal for Sunday? Uh, you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks for them schedule-wise. Yeah, I think I think it does affect them. I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if it had too much of a a psychological effect because you know this is a city team where it seems that season after season they put a, a mad run of results together in the last few games of the season and you know 
I'm sort of loath to go down the sort of mentality monsters kind of route, but this is a, a group of players that, you know, has changed a little bit this summer, but, you know, it's still largely the, a similar squad that they've had in recent seasons. And, you know, they know how to get things done when the, when the sort of it really counts. They're not, they're not going to be like, oh, we, we've not got a home game for four, for four weeks, uh, four matches. So, you know, oh, what we're going to do, we're intimidated now by going away all the time and that kind of thing. But I think... I think they're at the same time. It's a city. Guardiola's city is is a very finely tuned machine, and we've seen you know when little things are off in games, whether you know Rodri missing, which I guess is quite a big thing. But sometimes even when all the starters are there, you know something might be slightly off, and that kind of inhibits their performance. And I think you know having the four away games in a row, it does mean just by the na- the reality that. It takes longer. They're going to have to travel. They're going to have to fly to matches. They're going to have to get trains and coaches to matches. They don't just turn up at the academy stadium uh, a few hours before the match and then go straight into it. So they're going to have less time to prepare. You know, traveling is tiring. I know it's, you know, I'm going to get the, the world's smallest violin out here, but, um, you know, a day, a day, half a day spent traveling to an away game, you know, it's, these are still people. Like it is tiring. Um, but yeah, I think it's more just the preparation, uh, you know, element. You know, especially after the last couple of performances, Guardiola would have wanted as much time as possible on the training ground to kind of address the issues, figure out how to better cope without Rodri because it's not gone amazingly well in the last two games without him. But as I said, when you've got less time because you're traveling every few days, then you know that preparation isn't going to be perhaps as thorough as he he and his coaching staff would like so it's not an excuse you know every team that plays in the Champions League and all the domestic cups and the Premier League at some point you know will have runs where they're not at home for a while it's just a quirk of of how it works but I I imagine that the players and and Guardiola at this point would have been a bit you know they'll be feeling like oh I wish this game was at home you know we could do with the extra time and you know when they get back from Germany few days later they're going to be down to London aren't they to face Arsenal so um, yeah they're not going to have much time um, between Wednesday night and Sunday afternoon to sort of get their heads get their heads together sort of regroup but this is an elite team Um, you don't win the treble by you know needing a whole week to recover between matches or having every game at home when you're in a slightly sticky patch Um, so I'm sure that that will never be an excuse but I think it does have a little bit of an impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I think we as fans, we can't really understand that mental side of it. And, you know, like you're saying, getting the world's smallest violin out. But uh, it, it must take a, a somewhat of a psychological blow knowing that you're away from home for so much, especially when you're chucking in international travel as well. But the last point I want to make before we get on to Leipzig properly and discussing them quickly, um, it's an interesting little quirk that this is now the third season in a row we've played Leipzig in the Champions League. Obviously, it was different last year. It was in the round of 16, not the group stages. Uh, we had that previously with Shakhtar Donetsk between 2017 and 2019. Does it feel like it's a bit the same damn season in the Champions League sometimes when you when we draw the same teams and it's the same places you know the fans are going to and it, it definitely affects attendances as well or it did in the in previous years at the Etihad. Um, very quickly, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone was thrilled to like really when we got when we got Leipzig again. As you say, it's. Um 
especially with it being the last the last season of the current Champions League format. Um, I'm not sure what 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 to really expect from the from the new Swiss style. Is it Swiss style format that they're bringing in from next season? So it would have been nice to have a completely new like group. Obviously, um, obviously getting Red Star. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, and getting young boys as well, but yeah, Leipzig—they're a good team. I'm sure it'd be two decent matches. So yeah, we'll be treated in that sense. But it would have been nice, I guess, for for fans planning on going on um, on all the away trips or at least a f- few of them uh, to have something different. But um, yeah, it'll be—I guess—the dynamic with um, with Vardiol and the, sort of the tensions that kind of built up um, in the summer around that deal. Could be interesting, but it's probably not going to translate onto anything on the pitch. Um, that was all very sort of boardroom stuff, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, not the best draw, but you know, it'll be a decent two decent games, I reckon. Yeah, one hundred percent. But we'll wrap it up there for part one. Come back for part two, where we'll talk more about this game specifically in detail. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a follow wherever you're listening. And if you like what we do, leave a rating and review too. So turning attention towards this game uh, very quickly, Leipzig, uh, they're fifth in the Bundesliga at the moment, played 6-1-4, drew with Bayern uh, last weekend, uh, 3-1 away, winter young boys on the, on their first match day in the Champions League. Um it, they've had an interesting one because obviously we've just said they lost uh, Guardiol to us, they lost Dominic Zobersly to Liverpool and Kunku's gone to Chelsea on a deal that we knew about months in advance. Uh, Conrad Lima left for Bayern Munich on free, Andre Silva left to Sociedad. Um, so this is, a, this is a team in a bit of a rebuild at the moment. Um, what I'm not, I'm not expecting you to be a complete Bundesliga expert, especially as I know you're more into, into La Liga anyway. Um, but what have you made of Leipzig so far from what you've seen this season? Uh, yeah, I've been as by yeah, I've not, I've not seen too much of them, but I think they have been quite pretty impressive, especially given like you know it's not easy losing such key players like Vardiol and um, Zobersly. Um But you know, I think. Javi Simmons has, has probably been the standout kind of exciting talent that they've brought in. Uh, the sort of the Red Bull um, or the, the RB teams, um, if we're not going to go down that sort of uh, wormhole, rabbit hole, um, are, uh, you know, they're renowned for sort of not necessarily unearth- unearthing these talents, but bringing in the young talents, making them even better, um, developing them further. And he's been 
really exciting um, playing in the Bundesliga. Um, and yeah, I guess they didn't start too well, did they? They had that that loss to Leverkusen, I think, on the, the opening match day of the Bundesliga, who incidentally are a very good team. Jabi Alonso is doing really great things there. And but then since then they've you know they've basically won out apart from uh, a pretty entertaining two two draw with with Bayern Munich. Um, and you know it, that just goes to show you know they're not they're not sort of I mean we, we know from recent seasons they have been the main team more often than not to challenge Bayern at the top. Obviously Dortmund went extremely close last season and argument really should have won it. But um, before sort of Dortmund's kind of revival last season, Leipzig have been the main challenger. And the fact that they can they can sort of hold Bayern to a draw despite falling behind is like I think that's just a, a key sign of, you know, this team that they're they are serious and they're still a top team despite despite losing some key players. So um I've been impressed, um, and I think it, I'd, I'd be—I would be shocked if we saw a repeat of of the the home game we saw last season. I think when we saw them, when we saw City go away um, uh, to Leipzig uh, last season in in that in that game, I think that was more of an accurate representation of the kind of threats that the Leipzig posed to City, especially with their with their style. So. I think it'll be a much tighter game, uh, especially given sort of City's current current um, condition that we've already spoken about. So um, yeah, pretty impressed, and I think it'll be a, a tough one. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a different Leipzig side, uh, as you say. You know, that huge seven nil win last season on, on our way to winning the Champions League uh, was a fantastic night for the club. A really a real kind of statement early in the knockout rounds of that competition. And obviously, you can't forget the 6-3 the season before at home, opening game of the Champions League that season. Um, but it's still in Kunku put up a hat-trick um, against us, which is frightening in a way. But the, both games we've played there, 2-1 loss, obviously, with that Kyle Walker red card in December 2021. Uh, yeah, December 2021. So. Yeah. And then 1-1 last season in the round of 16. This is a team that know how to dig in. They know how to fight, uh, even with the kind of rebuild they've gone they've gone through this last summer. Uh, obviously, Benjamin Chesko has come in from Salzburg. Uh, five goals and eight so far. Lois Appenders come in from the French league, I want to say. Four goals in nine. He started on the weekend against Bayern. I'm pretty sure he scored in that game. He's so... I mean, you sort of answered it there, but would you say, especially being so early into the group stage, is anything less than a win disappointing here for City or are there enough mitigating circumstances that if it, if it was another 1-1 or if, you know, Leipzig, you know, if, if Leipzig got, got the win on the night, is that, is, that, is that too disappointing for City or are we still early enough in the Champions League group stage to, you know, not let it drop too much, especially with um, getting a win the second half comeback win last time out. I wouldn't say that a win is, you know, by any means kind of critical at this point. I think going into the game, I think a dr- I, I personally be be happy with a draw. Um, you know, I mean, as we as you've just mentioned, it's City haven't won there um, in on their last two visits. It's a really hard place to go, and Leipzig, as you say, of keep managing to re- sort of reinvent themselves despite losing key players, and they are clearly still a top team. So I think in the Champions League, away from home against any top team, you know, a draw isn't a bad result, you know, unless you've lost the first leg in a knockout game or something like that. But, you know, second game of the group stage, away at RB Leipzig, 
you could be pretty confident that City and Leipzig will be the teams to go through. So as long as City don't go and, you know, suffer like a 4-5-0 loss or something that would then require them to, if they wanted to win the group, to sort of better that at the Etihad in in a few weeks' time, then, yeah, I think a draw, even like a, a narrow defeat wouldn't be the end of the world. I think that will be more concerning because of the two defeats that have come before it. And then the pressure really cranks up because, you know, if it was three defeats on the spin, then going into into a really big game against Arsenal, um, which isn't going to have an out, uh, an effect on the, the Premier League title race. It's, we're in October, so it's not going to make a difference. But psychologically, maybe that would that would be quite tricky if City don't get uh, if City lose in Leipzig. Um, but I think going into the game, I think a draw um, would be would be perfectly acceptable. But you know, this is Pep Guardiola we're talking about. This is the treble winners. They never they don't ever go into a game without you know immense determination to win. So um, we're not going to go and see City play kind of negatively or we might see them be a bit more conservative. We saw that in all the away knockout matches last season um, and obviously it was the right strategy because they ended up winning the whole thing. So um, yeah, I, I perhaps don't expect City to suddenly be back to their fluid attacking, free scoring best. But um, I think they'll, you know, they'll have a plan to try and get a, a positive result. Yeah, and I mean, Guardiola said in his press conference, uh, we didn't win or lose the Premier League against Wolves, but we have to move forward against Leipzig and against Arsenal. Um, and and obviously, he absolutely would not want to be going into an international break, you know, three, potentially four losses on the bounce or, you know, four, three or four games without a win, um, especially for how important these games can be further down the line. But obviously, right now, it's not the biggest mess up if you know, things don't go our way. But looking at, looking to turning attention more towards City now, um, to, before we start wrapping up, are we expecting a slight change in style then from the past couple of weeks? You know, we've seen City put out a very direct team, a very fast team, almost chaos ball, uh, Doku, Foden, Alvarez, all playing against Wolves. Um, you know, and that's kind of been the basis. You know, we saw that against West Ham. Uh, whenever Doku's come on, he's be if he's started, he's been you know lightning from get from the get go. If he's come off the bench, you know he's almost been seen as the guy to come on and change the game. Um, is that something you want to see here, or do you want to see Guardiola go to his more tighter away from home that we saw in Europe last season, where you know especially especially against what is a, a relatively inexperienced defense? Um, you know, with the, with the players that you have, they know they know the job, so. What? Where do you kind of stand on that? Do you kind of stick with more chaos and you know going going direct at them, or do you think it's time to shut down a little bit, reserve the game, pull the game back, reserve some control, and then you know bring on the weapons like Doku later in the second half? Um, yeah, I think it's this is such an interesting kind of debate because well last season, despite obviously City in the end winning the treble, there was at times, especially earlier in the season, there was so much. So much kind of so many calls from City fans for City to be more, you know, more direct. Like, why are you not giving Haaland the ball all the time? Why are you not putting him through all the time? Um, and then it's sort of like in the last few games, they've it's been a bit more like chaos ball, more direct. But they've still not, but they're not really managed to find Haaland that much. Um, and it's not go, it's not gone particularly well. So um, I do, I, I have always been in the slightly more control camp. Um, just because I think when you, it's all well and good kind of spamming the ball forward and, 
you know, if Haaland makes sort of really direct runs in behind and there's space for him to do that, by all means, try and find him more often than not. But if the other team is settled really well to counter and City, the way they play and not 10, if they give the ball away in a transition, it's it's quite hard for them to recover and deal with it as, we, as we've seen quite in the, in the last two games. So for this game, given that it's away from home um, and, you know, there's still important players missing. Yes, Rodri is available, obviously, because his suspension is only a domestic one. So that'll, that'll help in terms of keeping hold of the ball and having a bit more control because uh, obviously he's by far and away City's best um, holding midfield option. Um, but I think I think we'll see Jack Grealish start. Um, I think, you know, Guardiola showed last season that Grealish is his go-to kind of left-wing option, especially in the games where you want to control things a bit more. Um, and then I guess it depends if, well, Bernardo and, and Stones were in training today, but I'd be surprised if either of them were to start um, just because, you know, Guardiola's not going to want to rush them in so I think I don't do think, think Doku will start do you think it's important that they get minutes though do you think it's important that Stones and Bernardo get minutes though ahead of Arsenal because obviously especially knowing we're going to be without Rodri at the Emirates it kind yeah. of feels more imperative that we get those two in the team for that game so I th- yeah. could we see well, them maybe say, get 20-30 minutes here yeah I think it's more likely than from the start to be honest um, yeah I don't think it especially when I don't think that he's going. To, Guardiola would want to start either of them, and then at half time think, right, I better not stretch it anymore because obviously the, the the weekend it was a bit different with the Wolves game. He obviously felt he had to change something, but it's very rare that he wants to disrupt the team by making a change, you know, earlier than sixty five minutes. Um, so I think we could see, I think we could see Bernardo and maybe Stones as well come on for a little bit um, but I think the team will probably be fairly similar but I think we'll see probably Foden and Alvarez and Grealish kind of in the attacking areas rather than Doku just because for that extra bit of control you know away at Leipzig you don't really need someone to be trying to take on their man every time they get the ball um, and I've, I've no doubt Doku will kind of learn to be a bit more controlled further down the line but that isn't his sort of strong suit Um won't at all be surprised to see him come on if City sort of need a goal, but I don't think he'll start. Yeah, um, and the one kind of other big uh, decision I think for, Guardi- for Guardiola that he's got to make every week now really is Ake or Guardiola. Um, you know, Ake didn't have the best of time against Wolves. Obviously, Guardiola got rested for that, well, didn't start that game. So do we think Guardiola comes right in against his old team? You know, we mentioned earlier uh, playing against his old team. We saw how that affected Matthias Nunes. He got booed pretty much his entire, the entire game and um, the Wolves fans definitely didn't let him forget his decision to go on strike to get his move to City. Obviously, Guardiola, I don't think, really think he acted out in any sort of way when he was getting his move done. But um, do you think there'll be any, any sort of thoughts in Guardiola's head about not playing him? Or do you think because of... You know, it's, it's he's so good, and what we've seen from him so far, his talent on the ball is going to be vital here. Yeah, I think um, it was obviously unfortunate with with um, Mateus Nunes, but I, I kind of I, my preference will be to start start Vardial. I think um, I think he's just what well, he's shown already that he's probably along with Stones, sort of City's best defender in terms of um, you know bringing the ball out from the back, breaking the lines, even carrying the ball through the lines as well. Like he's he is better than Ake in that sense, um, and I think in a game, in a game like this, it's going to be 
not necessarily easy for City to create chances. Um, so I think it'll be important to have him in. And also, um, just, you know, you, after what's happened the last two games, you, you want to be on point with kind of bringing the ball out and not giving it away. Uh, I'm not saying that Ake, you know, was awful or gave the ball away like far too many times, but I think Vardiol is just a bit more of a, an assured option. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm just... I don't, I'm not sure, as you say, like he, he didn't exactly force his way out. He didn't, you know, there was a the whole thing about the, the will, he, will he come, will he, won't, like, will he not come because he, um, he was still training like the day that it was supposed to all be done. Um, so, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't sort of leave in a bad manner. So I'd be, I'd be kind of surprised if he was left out for that reason. Um, but I think he would be the best option to start. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, picking a Manchester City defence is quite easy nowadays. You look at the team sheet, it's just like, well, I don't really mind which, which any of them start. Uh, the one the one last thing I want to get, and obviously I don't think he'll start, but I would like to see uh, Rico Lewis get some minutes here because I think his ability to, you know, control tempo in midfield, you know, make the short passes, all, all those, all the little details, they're so valuable. And especially, you know, we've seen, Guardiola experiment with his midfield the last few games, you know, starting Phillips against Newcastle, Kovacic is alone six against Wolves and got overran. Obviously, Stones and Bernardo coming in for Arsenal, you'd expect uh, that'll be crucial. And, you know, what he's going to do there could be interesting. But, you know, with trust not exactly being there for Calvin Phillips in those bigger games yet. Um, and we've seen him start Rico in some bigger games before. I think getting him some more minutes in this team to create another option in case Rodri's ever out again, because obviously, you know, what a huge loss he is. I think that could be something to keep an eye on over the next couple of games, especially. But um, I think that'll do. Any final comments from you, Alex, on this game or going ahead? I think maybe just uh, a call for calm, a call for calm. I think there's been far too much head loss on... Uh, and this this might just be, you know, the Twitter or the, the x.com echo chamber, which doesn't quite have the same ring to it. But um, yeah, though I feel like there was far too much head loss after the Wolves match. Um, and, you know, City have no divine right to, to win any football match. Uh, everyone should know that, really. And if they don't play well in Leipzig, chances are they're not going to get a good result. That's just how football works. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we're in any, any big crisis or they're about to have a massive dip or, you know, it's not, I don't think, I don't feel this, I'm going to jinx it now, but I don't think it's it's going to be one of those seasons <laughs> where form just falls falls off a cliff after achieving something brilliant. But um, yeah, let's just keep calm and um, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, everyone just take, just take a breath. It's going to be absolutely fine. Q a three and a loss tomorrow. <laughs> uh, that'll do for today's episode. Join us tomorrow for the review show where we'll cover all the storylines from this game, whatever the result is. Um, But we will see you next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.